Psalm 78 and verse 70, first scripture, then I'll be going to John 15 and verse 16. Psalm 78, 70 says, He chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. John 15, 16 says, He have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever he shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it you and this title may be a bit strange but you'll, you'll get to it it's called He Chose Leah He Chose Leah if you could bow your hearts with me Father we come to you today Lord we submit ourselves under your hand Lord, we ask, O oh God, that your word will find good soil, that it will inspire, that it will uplift, that it will bring faith, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we ask right now, Lord, that you fill this sanctuary with your anointing, that some yokes will be broken, some deliverances will occur, there will be some blessing, there will be some guidance. Hallelujah, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a praise offering. You won't understand this right now, but turn to your neighbor and say, He chose Leah. You may be seated. He chose Leah. Amen. Now, if your name is Leah, that's good. Sit down. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, when you go for a job you have to bring a resume or have to fill out a form and that form is going to have some things on it. It's going to have uh, the things you are able to do. It may have that you have a GED or that you, you're a high school graduate. It'll have all your accomplishments um, that you have done, your work experience. And why that is all there is because you're hoping that you will be the one chosen. You try and put the best face, they will call you to an interview and they'll ask you about your qualifications. And you will put forth, well, I did this job for so many years or I did this thing. And you're trying to get chosen. You're trying to impress the interviewer. And the interviewer is trying to find out what you're qualified for, what you're good for. Last year I had to interview probably 15 people. And uh, I can't quite put my finger on what I was looking for, but I, I picked some people, and so far they've, they've worked out okay. But we try and we put our best face forward to try and uh, impress the interview that they will choose us. But there's some jobs you have to have the pre-qualifications to even get the job. You can't be um, a, a semi-driver unless you have what's called a CDL, a commercial driver's license. If you were hired for a life-saving job, hopefully you can swim. Hopefully you can swim. You, you have met the qualification. It would be no good if they choose you for a job as a life attendant, lifeguard, and they find out you can't swim. That would not work. In fact, in 1959, when they were, America was trying to choose the astronauts to be on the first uh, rocket ships, and they even made a film called the, the Right Stuff. They were looking for qualifications, and 
the, 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 the applications where thousands of people applied. And in the end, they only chose seven. And the, re- the requirements were very stringent. You had to be less than 40 years old. You had to be under 5 foot 11. They didn't want tall people this time. You know why? Because the rocket was small. You had to be able to fit in it. So for once, us short people uh, had, a, had a good chance. You had to be in excellent physical condition because you were going to be put under some stress. You had to have a minimum of a bachelor's degree. You had to have a minimum of 1,500 hours flight time. You had to be a pilot already. You had to be a qualified jet pilot. You had to be in the military. And then when they chose those qualifications, then they put you through more tests and more tests. And in the end, after many months and uh, almost a year, they came down to seven people that they chose. Just seven people. You understand that God is looking for some people? The Bible says God calls, but few are chosen. And many may think that this test is physical, but you don't need a degree. You don't have to be super smart or specially fit. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You don't have to be rich or famous. You don't have to have anything except something that is spiritual in nature. It's not a physical requirement. You see, the people who went in for all of these things, they relied on their physical talents, their IQ, their their track record. But the people that God are choosing, that God is looking for, there's only one main requirement that you have to fulfill, and that is faith. You have to have a belief that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's not about how how smart I am or whether I look attractive or if I'm young or if I'm tall or if I'm short. It's belief in God and it's trust in his word is the qualification that he's looking for. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Every time I've messed up it's when I thought I had it down fat. I don't need no help. I got this. I know how this is going to work out. That's when I fell flat on my face because I'm thinking that I knew. The qualifications that God is looking for is a broken and a contrite heart. Hallelujah. He is looking to choose some people. He said, broad is the way. And all these people go there. But the way for life is narrow. That means it's tight. And few there be that find it. I want to tell you something today, and I hope I can get this across what I'm trying to say, that God is looking for some people. He is wanting to choose some people. Although he calls everybody. Jesus looked at Jerusalem and he said, he would that none be lost. And he wept. Because he knew there was going to be some that even though he was calling, even though he was preaching, would not respond. Everybody is called, but not everybody is chosen. Now, there's a difference between being called and being chosen. You see, Jesus had many, many disciples. He didn't just have the 12. And the people who were his disciples had heard the word and they believed on his message. And they started following him. They had believed on his message. They had that initial test. They passed the test of faith. They believed on his words. But in the end, he only chose 12 to be disciples. In Luke chapter 6, 
verse 13. It says, And when it was day, he called upon to him his disciples. He had many disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom he also then named apostles. I'm trying to tell you that God is looking to choose some people. I don't know if you know it or not, but you're, you're under examination. <laughs> you may not have realized it, but you entered a job contest. Amen. You may not have thought you put your name forward, but you're here today and God is looking at you and your life because he wants to choose some people today. God sometimes chooses nations, but he mostly chooses people. When we look at the Bible, it's an individual relationship. He called Abraham, then he called Isaac, then he called Jacob, then he used Joseph, then he used Moses. You see what I'm saying? There was a name there. There was an individual that God looked for, that God sought to use. He wants to choose somebody today. And here is the beautiful thing. He is going to choose somebody. See, becoming a disciple is all about us choosing him. But becoming an apostle is all about him choosing us. Do you get the difference? Do you understand the difference? See, there is a great difference in some religions about how they perceive God or how they worship God. In, in the Muslim faith, I, I researched this. It's, it's my understanding that in, in the Muslim faith, Allah loves people. He does. But there's a condition there. He loves good people. He loves people that does right. He loves the people that uh, always are perfect. Those who are righteous. But he doesn't love the infidel. He doesn't love those who don't do right. I'm so glad that the God I serve came to seek and to save them that are lost. I want to tell you something today. He's choosing you today. See, he didn't choose us because we were good. Like, you know, in the Quran where he, he chooses to love people because they've already done good things. He knows that we cannot do it on our own behalf. We cannot be good enough for him to choose us on our own merits. Don't worry about that. It's, it's, a, it's worshiping. Jesus said the very rocks, the building is worshiping. See, I turned up the heat a little. And the building is worshiping. See, God didn't, is not looking for the perfect people. He's looking to choose some people who trust Him, believe on Him, and want to serve Him and to bring forth fruit. It's not because we look good or think we're good or because of anything that we can do. But He still wants to choose you. He still wants to love you. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, when we were still sinners, when we were no good, when we had not even a thought of church or Christ, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, in, in the Quran, Allah can't die for anybody. He, he loves good people, but he's not going to come and die for some sinner like me. But Jesus chose people. He chose some ignorant fishermen. He chose a publican. He chose a tax collector. He chose a prostitute. He chose me. And he chooses you. Verse 7 says, For scarcely will a righteous man uh, will die for one, yet peradventure for a good man. 
for a good man, someone might dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I'm telling you something. If you could actually get that in your head and believe that, you would be happy today. While you didn't care about God, while you didn't love him, he chose you. So now that you're even trying, don't you think he would love you even more? See, this story really is about two women in the Bible. You know, Jacob, you know the story, and I touched on it in Sunday school. He, he uh, was working for his uncle Laban, and he first met the younger daughter, Rachel, and she was beautiful, and she was fine-looking, and he wanted to marry her. So he arranged a deal with his uncle, and his uncle said, listen, if you, if you will work for me for seven years, you know, most relationships today can't even go six months. <laughs> He, he was in love. <laughs> he was willing to work for seven years before marrying his beloved. Seven years. And he completed the seven years and then Laban pulled a trick on him. He substituted Rachel with Leah. Now Leah, the Bible says, was not that maybe good-looking she was. In fact, the, the Bible uses a certain term. In Genesis 29, 17, it says, Leah was tender-eyed. And when you look up the Hebrew for it, it means that there was some weakness. She may have had a very weak constitution. There was something about her that just wasn't that attractive. There was something about her that wasn't much loved or, 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 or you wouldn't be drawn to her, especially if you were looking at just the outward appearance. But Rachel, it says, was beautiful and well-favored. So Jacob chose Rachel. That's who he had chosen. See, sometimes we choose based upon what we can see. That's what Lot did. He looked at the well-watered plains of Sodom and he said, that's what I want. That's what, most of the times when we make our choices like that, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. We mess up. We fail. See, Jacob chose Rachel. That's who he wanted to marry. That's who he decided he wanted to be, be his wife. And he had worked seven years for her. But I want you to think about Leah and how she must have felt when her father decided to push her up in front. And in fact, really, it was a humiliation. She knew that Jacob didn't want her. And yet her father made her marry him, even though knowing that she was unloved, that she was not the chosen one. That she didn't look as nice as Rachel. She didn't have the outward appearance as Rachel. She wasn't the chosen one. And so you can imagine, we don't think about this, but it must have been quite a humiliation in the morning when Jacob looked and said, who are you? I didn't want you. What a way to start off a relationship. What a right way to start off a relationship. I didn't want you. I didn't choose you. And of course, he was real upset. And you know the story, he talked with Laban and Laban said, well, this is how we do it in our culture. You have to marry the older one first. But listen, if you'll work another seven years, <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure that you can marry Leah. But you understand something, that Jacob did not choose Leah. That was not who he chose. But I want to tell you something, God had chosen Leah. 
He chose Leah. It doesn't matter what the world may think of you. It doesn't matter how your situation may be. If God says, I choose you, that's all you need. Amen. It must have been so humiliating for her to, to have him say, I don't want her. It was, you understand, it's not a matter of who rejects you. You can be rejected by friends. You can be voted, uh, you know, the most likely to fail. <laughs> the world could look down upon you. You could be a nothing. You could be looked at as, as a nobody. It only matters if God chooses you. In this story, Jacob chose Rachel, but God chose Leah. Genesis twenty nine thirty one, And here's a scripture for all of you who feel unchosen. And when the Lord saw, see, God does see. He is looking down right now. He's not looking at your outward qualifications. He's looking at his qualifications. He's looking at what he did at Calvary that paid for your, the price of your sins. And it says when the Lord, Lord saw Leah was hated. He opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. You see what happened here? God chose Leah. And because of that, he started to bless her. And she started to have children. In fact, she started to have sons, which was the most important thing in that culture. In the end, she ended up having six sons, half of all the tribes of Israel. And it would seem, um, at, you know, from the story that uh, her life was one of, of, of not being loved, of being the second wife in the relationship. But in the end... We see that it was God that chose Leah. It didn't matter that Jacob didn't love her as much as his other wife. Because you know the story. We told it in Sunday school. Rachel messed up a few times. She went and stole the images from her father. And probably because of that, she died in childbirth. She died well before Leah. In the end, the only wife that Jacob ended up with was Leah. You know why? God chose her. When God chooses you, when God chooses you, it does not matter what the world will say. When God, the Lord saw Leah was hated, he opened her womb. When he saw that Jacob was not interested, he blessed her. He kept on blessing her. And he kept on blessing her. The funny thing is, it would seem at first that God had changed his mind because of all of the 12 sons, initially, it was Joseph that God called and used. And Joseph was Rachel's son. And it would seem that all the blessing went his way. Genesis twenty nine thirty two. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. But it turned out he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't going to love her for that. And it, it went on and went on and it went on. She had six sons and a daughter. And all this time it seemed that she was still rejected. But nevertheless, the Lord chose Leah. It doesn't matter if you're weak. It doesn't matter if you don't look so good. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It doesn't matter if you're hated. In fact, it was because she was hated. It was because she was despised. It was because she was unloved. It was because she'd been cast out. That the Lord saw her. And he says, I choose you, Leah. I choose you. 
It's funny, but you know, in the Psalms, we start to see the picture, the fulfillment of what God's plan was. In Psalms 78, 67, it said, moreover, this is God now, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, which was Joseph's son. Verse 68, but he chose the tribe of Judah. It was when she had her fourth son. She said, you know what I'm going to do? My, 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 my husband may not love me, but I'm going to praise God anyhow. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise God anyhow. I've had four sons now. That didn't change his mind. But I'm going to call this one praise. I'm going to start worshiping God because God has chosen me. When you understand that God has chosen you, you can worship, you can praise, you can sing, you can give God glory. Do you understand? Yes, God had grace on Joseph while he was alive. But that still wasn't God's long-term plan. In the book of Psalm 78, 67, it says, Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and, and did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah. It was when she started to praise. When she started to worship and said, this fourth son, she didn't bring the father into it. She didn't say, he's given me another son, so now he's going to, no, she says, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise because God has chosen me. When God chooses you, it doesn't matter the opposition. It doesn't matter if you're hated. You know, I've experienced this where, you know, by, by rights, I shouldn't have gotten where I'm where I'm at, but when you have God's favor, when you have God's blessing, when he chooses you, there's nothing the world can do. Psalm 6, 70, 78, 68 is, 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 is awesome. But he chose the tribe of Judah. Now, it had nothing to do with Judah's behavior. In fact, Judah also messed up. But you understand that, as I said in Sunday school, none of my sons can, can, can stop me being their father. They, cannot, they, they may hate me, but I'm still their father. You see, you cannot stop God loving you. And he wants to choose you. All you have to do is get to that fourth son and say, I'm going to start praising. I'm going to start worshiping. I'm going to call on his name because he chose me. I believe at some point near the end of her life, she must have realized, hey, God, you, you do love me. You have blessed me. I'm still around. Even though Laban chose initially Rachel, she's not here. I'm still here. You blessed me with half the tribe. She, she had six sons. Six of the twelve sons were from her directly. And in the end, Rachel only had two. See, when God chooses you, it doesn't matter what the world may say. It doesn't matter what's going on. He didn't come to choose the rich and famous. He didn't come to choose the celebrities. He didn't come to, to, to look at those who have wealth and looks. It says he chose Leah. She was tender-eyed. It means she was weak. She wasn't that beautiful. She was not a strong person. She wasn't well-favored. You also may be weak. You may be just like Leah. You may have a weakness, an infirmity, a problem, even an addiction. But God still wants to choose you. If you are here today and you're a seeker after God, 
If you're desirous of a relationship, then you need to respond to him choosing you. The prodigal son had to respond and come home. In John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father but by me. Now, I want to put a different spin on him choosing you, because I believe he's, everyone that's here today, you're not here by accident. You responded to a desire to be in church today. You responded to, to a desire to worship God. So you responded to his call, and he wants to choose you. Your only qualification needs to be faith, that I believe that he loves me. I believe that I am chosen. I believe that I am set apart. I believe that I am a saint of God. I believe that I have his favor. I believe I'm going to make it. I believe I'm not giving up. I believe I'm going to see his face. And when I see his face... I'm going to be like him. You see, the world doesn't know anything about us. I, I happened to be, uh, where was I? Uh, Wednesday, I, I flew, uh, flew to Colorado, and I was, I was in the airport at Atlanta, and I went into the, uh, to the uh, special lounge there, and the person that came up behind me was um, that senator from Georgia that just got elected. What's his name? Warnock, and he, he was behind me. I didn't really realize he was behind me. And then I, the service started to turn to him and say, congratulations, and he started greeting people and all of that. You see, sometimes we don't realize when God is right behind us because we don't see him. See, I'm not famous. He doesn't know a thing about who I am. I was just in the line with him. But everybody around there knew who he was. But there was somebody who knew who I was. Because I am chosen. If you understood that you were chosen of God, it would give you such joy. It, you would be able to overcome because you would walk with your head up a little higher. First Peter chapter 2 verse, says, two, verse 4 says this, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men. He had no idea. Senator Warnock did not know who I was. Uh, at all, but he was right next to me in the line. He didn't know who I was. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen. Say to your neighbor, chosen. And because you're chosen, because you're chosen, you know what the next word says? And precious. And precious. You're not just chosen, but because he chose you, you are precious. You are special. You're a child of the king. See, Leah doubted Jacob's love, and she had every right to, because he didn't choose her. He didn't, he didn't, that was not in his plan. But it didn't matter. Don't doubt God's love, because you are in his plan. He chooses you. And he did more than just work seven years. He went to a cross and endured torture and spread his arms as they nailed it, because he was thinking of you and me. Don't doubt God's love. See, she could have doubted Jacob's love because he made it plain. He wasn't hiding it. He didn't want her. He didn't want her. But he chose. He chose. You understand, he doesn't choose everybody. There's how many million people in Milwaukee? He's chosen you. He's chosen you. The scripture says there were many widows 
in Israel during the famine, but he chose this one widow. Do you understand? God will single out people. I don't know why or how. The fact you're here today, he has chosen you. And if he's chosen you, then he has justified you. And if he has justified you, who shall lay a charge? John 15, 19 says, If he were of the world, the word would love his own. But because he are not of the world, why? But I have chosen you out of this world. Therefore, the world hateth you. What I'm trying to tell you is that you're special. My mom used to tell me I was special and I believed her. I told you that. It's given me way, way too much confidence. <laughs> too much confidence. See, I'm not, I'm not impressed by anybody except Jesus. <laughs> you know, when people are around some celebrities, they get starstruck. Not me. They're just human like me. In fact, I'm a child of the king unless they're washed and filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a child of the king. They just don't know that yet. Ye were of the world. The world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world. Why? But I have chosen you. Take your finger, point at yourself. I'm chosen. Tell your neighbor, I'm chosen. And because of that, you are precious. First Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Why? So that you should show forth what? The praises. The praises, just like Judah. The praises. It's when Leah realized that it wasn't having the children was going to make any difference. She named him Judah because of praise. Because he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He went out of his way to choose you. If you look in the New Testament, Jesus went out of his way to choose people. Now, why was he walking by the seashore that day? No, he went down there to choose some fishermen. Not any fishermen. There was a whole bunch of ships lined up. He went to a specific uh, ship and he said, you two, follow me. He was walking by a, a whole line of tax collectors and he saw one and he said, follow me. Can you remember when God first touched your heart, wherever you were? Can you remember when you first felt this desire to seek him? That was no coincidence. That was no accident. That was Jesus walking by the seashore. And he was pointing to you and say, you may be hated. You may be nobody. The world doesn't love you. But I choose you. I choose you. Romans 8.31 But what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God, God's elect? It is God that justifies. I can't condemn someone. That's not all I can do is preach. It's God who is the judge. 
Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession. Those of you who are in Sunday school know what I'm talking about. I have an advocate with the Father, which is Christ. I have the greatest lawyer that is working nonstop on my behalf. Every time Satan makes an accusation, he says, paid in full. Paid in full. Because he has chosen us to be a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, and holy nation. So that we could show forth his praises. Verse 38 of Romans 8 says, For I am persuaded. This is the key. This is the key. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. Can everyone say that things present? Okay. That means whatever's getting on your last nerve, you just said things present. You just said things present. Nor what's going to happen this week. Nor that person's going to try and take away your peace. Nor that person at work's going to get on your last nerve. Because it says, nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other devil. (laughs) Shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Because you are chosen. If you could stand with me. He chose Leah. Probably none of us men would have chosen Leah. She wasn't the best looking. She wasn't got the figure. She was, she was not all that. But isn't it great that God looks not at the outward appearance. But God is looking at your heart. Many are called, but few. The scripture says there were many widows in Israel at the time of the famine, but he only sent the prophet to one. There are many churches in Milwaukee today, but this word, I believe, has only come to one. You are chosen. You need to realize that. You need to accept that. You need to believe that. You need to be fully persuaded. That neither height nor depth. It says any other creature, but I'll just say any other devil. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus. You're going to need to believe that God loves you. To make it. Despite what you're going through, despite the lies Satan is telling you, despite your situation, despite you being humiliated. Can you feel how Leah must have felt to be put staged up to marry this man who doesn't even love her and know that everybody knows that? And yet, God chose her. And finally, by the fourth son, she realized that I'm going to name him Judah. I'm going to praise you anyway, God. Things didn't go the way I planned, but I'm going to name him Judah. And God just kept on giving her more sons. See, we gave up 
we were going to give up at three. <laughs> but we wanted a daughter, so we, we, God got merciful and gave me a daughter. But she had six sons in a row. Because God was wanting to make a point to Jacob. Now, at the end of his life, Jacob brought all of his sons together in Genesis 49. And when he came to the son of the woman that was hated, he laid his hands upon him. His name was Praise. And he declared the blessing on the son of the woman he didn't love. He realized by then God had chosen Leah. I'm telling you today, and I want you to believe it, God has chosen you. Doesn't matter what situation you're in, he has spiritually laid his hand and he's choosing you. What you have to do is get to the fourth son and start praising and start believing it. I'm closing this service. I titled this page Royalty Undercover. See, I've, I've been around some famous people. They don't know who I am. It doesn't matter. He knows who I am. He promised if you would call his name, he would call your name. Not in some palace, not in some presidential place, but in heaven itself. You're a chosen generation. We're going to close this service. These altars are open. I hope you will remember this message. He chose Leah. He chose Leah. Jacob didn't want to chose Leah, but God chooses. Hallelujah. God is such a merciful and gracious God. And he just wants to make us come to the place of our calling and election sure. Scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. There's probably, I don't know, two or 3,000 churches in the Milwaukee area. And I'm not saying we're the only church chosen, but I do believe we are chosen. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people that we should show forth the praise. Hallelujah. We're going to close this service. Father, we just thank you right now. That Lord, even though we are weak, you are strong. Your mercy, hallelujah, has been poured out upon us. That you have made room for us. And you have chosen us. Lord God, help us right now to be fully persuaded that nothing will separate us from your love. Help us to go running to your mercy seat. Lord, for those who have come forward for prayer, Lord God, I pray a special anointing and blessing. Lord, help our mind to be open to understand our position in Christ, that you have chosen us, that we are seated in heavenly places. Let your blessing flow today into this service as we close. Let your Holy Spirit wash and cleanse, hallelujah, and restore. Oh God, everything that Satan has stolen. Lord, let no creature, no devil, hallelujah, steal our joy, our praise, our worship. We give you the praise and the glory.